these are the times when it is especially important to do a brief sitting to settle after all the anxiety about not being able to get online in the way that is normally quite easy. So um, I will ring the bell here in a moment uh, for us to sit for a few minutes as we always do. <clears throat> when we finish the sitting and you hear the, the bell for the completion, rather than uh, our sharing the robe chant, which we normally do, I'm going to take a moment to share my screen for a little bit larger, a little bit longer piece that we're going to read together. So just be aware that uh, once again, I'm making a small change just for today. Um, and, and we'll be um, investigating um, a, a different thing to, to chant in the beginning. Um, and just so I'm confident that we're connected, if you can hear me, raise your hand. Oh, great. Yeah. If you rest just some of your attention on your breath without manipulating your breath at all, just resting some of your attention there, it's a very simple enactment an embodiment of the immediacy which we invite in inquiry to stay fresh in this moment without rehearsal, without a better breath. But attention to the breath
coming back to the breath. Just imagine this kind of gentle attention, which would allow you to notice when I ring the bell, whether it occurs on an out-breath or an in-breath. That kind of attention. kind of attention and that kind of immediacy is not a um, uh, like a harsh discipline. It's a warm and gentle invitation uh, to be present uh, and to be awake and to be intimate. And curiously, <clears throat> when you hear the word vow, V-O-W, vow, often people don't realize that that kind of immediacy and intimacy, that kind of gentle attention, is in some ways what a vow is inviting. Um, because it's often thought as some sort of a, a promise or some childlike thing one would do to a parent, which is not at all what uh, a vow implies. It implies something that brings us closer to our deepest heart's desire and aligns us. And as we've, these last few sessions, really focused on the immediacy aspect, the non-rehearsal aspect, the not getting caught so much in storyline aspect of our practice, um, I'm going to share with you um, an old, old vow that was written by um, a Zen master, Doktore Zenji, um, many centuries ago. And the reason I'm inviting you to, to take a look at this, I'm going to share it with you in a moment, and we're going to read it together, is that it's you know, old language translated into English, but I, I think that it also provides a, a scaffolding or a little bit of a structure to understand what we're up to here and how your own deepest longing in practice, what Suzuki Roshi would call your inmost request, uh, can come forward. So I'm going to share my screen here for a moment, and you'll probably see my image to the side and maybe yours. 
<clears throat> but hopefully you can see that it's a, it's a little bit longer than just a tiny, tiny paragraph. And I'm once again going to read through it. You can read along with me or you can just uh, watch as I do. Here's what Tori Zinje said. And by the way, he called this his bodhisattva vow. It's a vow that um, suggests that it invites us to practice for the benefit of all beings. And Joko Beck would use this quite a bit. I've used it in my practice discussion groups too. So here, we're just going to walk through it now. Ready? Here we go. When I, a student of the way, look at the real form of the universe, all is the never-failing manifestation of the mysterious truth of the awakened life. In any event, in any moment, and in any place, none could be other than the marvelous revelation of its glorious light. This realization made our ancestors and teachers extend tender care with respectful hearts, even to such things as birds and beasts. This realization teaches us that our daily food, drink, clothes, and protections of life are the warm flesh and blood, the merciful incarnation of the awakened one. Who can be ungrateful or not respectful? even to senseless things, not to speak of humans. Even though they may be a fool, be warm and compassionate toward them. If by any chance they should turn against us, become sworn enemies and persecute us, we should sincerely bow down with humble language and the reverent understanding that they are the merciful messengers of the awakened one, who use devices to emancipate us from blind tendencies produced and accumulated upon ourselves by our egoistic delusion and attachment throughout countless cycles of space and time. Then on each moment's flash of our thought, there will grow a lotus flower, and on each lotus flower will be revealed perfection, unceasingly manifest as our life, just as it is, right here and right now. May we extend this mind to all beings, so that we and the world together may attain maturity in the wisdom of the awakened life. So that's quite a bit, isn't it? It's a lot of teachings in a very short version of <clears throat> what it means for one person to express their um, understanding. So I just want to spend a, a brief time helping us see that even when we use older scriptures like this, we can understand it in a, <clears throat> in a different way. First, as I said earlier, this is a vow something that one orients oneself to. And it's structured in some very interesting ways. And this vow starts with an orientation. And this is how we start an inquiry. How are we oriented? How do we position ourselves so that we can wake up? <clears throat> 
then there are things that we realize. There's the more complicated aspect of being in relationships and with humans. And then there's the fruit of practice, which we extend to other people. First, we start by looking deeply. That's what inquiry is. And what we see is some revelation, something opens up to us. What opens? In this case, Troy Jinji says there's two aspects of this realization. The first is that we realize that we want to extend this realization to others, and it continues to teach us. So it's both expressive and receptive. We're looking deeply in inquiry, something opens, and these realizations help us offer ourselves and receive something. So we can feel deeper gratitude and a profound respect for our lives and for each other. And what does that gratitude and respect look like through these realizations? Warmth and compassion. This is the reverent understanding that sits in the midst of our relationality. There's a kind of perfection that's beyond making things right or wrong, a kind of perfection that we begin to realize as we deepen our practice in our life, not some perfection in some heavenly realm or somewhere else, but actually as our life, in our life. That, once again, is something we can extend and give back because of our Bodhisattva vow. And what do we give back and share? We share maturation and wisdom, maturing and wisdom. So these are little stepping stones of what seems like a lot. It gives us a, a way to understand kind of how this thing is, is structured, but it's a, it's a reflection of what we're up to, actually. In a retreat some years ago, one of my students said, I don't understand this. How would you say it to someone who's in grade school? How would you say it to a six-year-old? So here's how I would say it. This vow, you know, the world's always asking you to be, to open up and be more loving. If you look closely, you're going to begin to learn things that are way more interesting than the things you think about every day, all day long. Once you look deeply. And no matter what you love, or what you hate, or what you can imagine, everything belongs somehow. And when you truly open to this way of looking, and this way of living, you're going to learn how to care for what used to scare you. Everything, everything is a special gift being given to you every day 
even if it doesn't seem like it. Just do your best to be friendly, even when it's really hard. Sometimes people are difficult or even mean. So think of them as strict teachers in a school where you can learn about these hard, confusing, or scary things. Now, when you have good friends with you in this kind of school, things begin to look really different. There's a lot more love and a lot more of everything else, too. But you can do it. Just keep going. Offer your love back as best you can. And if you do, you and your friends will grow together in ways you could have never imagined. So this is a, a way that I thought you could speak to someone who doesn't have any idea about the Dharma. But if you do, <clears throat> there are things that kind of come through. I've put words on top of words here because it <clears throat> an inquiry, what shines through as we practice together? Open your Dharma eye and see that what you seek is right in front of you. It's already there. It's always there. And what you see and what you realize will bring you to your knees with humility and lift you up with gratitude for receiving your life and giving back your life. Dharma gates actually never close, but you can refuse to step through them. So expect nothing, appreciate everything. Tell the truth and love everyone. So this is, as you can imagine, worthy of a whole retreat. But I've attempted to step through it in a way that will move things around in you, not so you can remember it, not so you can understand all of it. So what's here now? What's immediate? And what questions come forward? What things move in you? And I'm gonna ask you now to raise your hand and come forward. I'm not going to call on you right now, but imagine if you feel the impulse, just raise your hand, just click the little thing and come forward and we'll see what's here. What did this bring forward? Don't wait. Eileen. Hey. Thank um, you. You're welcome. Um, 
I was touched, but I have to do something. Yes. Change your audio. Thank you. As we read Tori Zenji's poem, the part that touched me was about wanting this loving part of myself, always wanting this loving part of myself to come forward from the time and feeling, feeling that. And as you close with expect nothing and appreciate everything, my thought was, I'm pretty good at expecting nothing. I'm pretty, you know, mm -hmm. no expectations. Less, more challenged with appreciating everything and wondering if uh, the inability, well, that if there is not a wide middle way between those two poles, mm -hmm. um, if that perhaps is not as what is maybe required for me for there to be a wide enough way for the love to come forward. Well, I think so many of us, I mean, myself included, we hear that word appreciate and um, we automatically go to like it. How does one fully appreciate anything? To look deeply, to examine fully. You may appreciate how painful something is. You may appreciate how beautiful it is. Turn toward everything. Understand its fullness and your relationship with it. To be present with it to be yeah. pre present. It doesn't necessarily mean like it or be thankful for it. There are teachings that suggest that having gratitude for whatever arrives is really useful. But once again, that isn't like, oh, good, I have cancer now. You know, that's not, it's like, oh, how do I fully appreciate this shock now? in my life and everyone else's life. And this is what practice um, prepares us for meeting, oh, now this, oh, now this, oh, now this, so that we don't add on top unnecessary suffering to the complexities of the world. And when they arrive, it's like a little test. Are you still clinging? Are you still running away? Are you still, oh, a little suffering, huh? Okay, there's a, there's a place it's showing us something. It's not a failure. It's not a judgment. It's illuminating something. And presence with that can widen the way for love. Yes, because it, it provides more room for us to move. And it, guess what? It provides room for others to move toward us. It makes a lot of room. Thank you. Thank you. So you're preparing for your ceremony, I see. <laughs> I am. More. I Very am. Good. Thank uh -huh. you. Okay. Um, You're on? Oh, I'm on. Hi. Hi, Flint. Hi. Um, yeah. So I was with the six year old version. Um, ah, that's my favorite one. <laughs> so that was really helpful. Um, so um, just all of these reminders of. Um, well, the first one, look closely. And 
it just completely calmed me down because I'm um, looking towards letting go of my work and even the part-time way. I'm, I'm gripping and um, fearful. And the other one was about the fear. Oh, care for what you, for what makes you frightened and to care for... Um, if you practice this way and if you begin to open this, you will begin to care for what used to scare you. Exactly, for what used to scare you, that was it. Yes, yes. So um, I'm not to the point of it used to scaring me because it is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it just was very, um, you know, it, it opened me up to not um, feeling so bad about my upset about the change. This is what you're appreciating. It's how upsetting it is. It, yes, yes. And it looks like you're leaking a little bit. Oh yeah, well believe me, I was leaking a lot while the, while the poem was going on. What is that? Oh, um, I think it's fear of, I mean, a lot of my identity is tied up with my work and um, I, don't, I don't really know what's gonna be there. Um, you know, that's the fear, you know? Yeah, yeah. When, when, I, when I left Austin and I closed my practice and I changed where I'm living and lived in a different, that was the hardest thing. Is who, who am I if I'm not all of this? Yes. And I have to, a story that many people have heard, but you might not have, is the year that I um, retired my psychology license, after all the work that went into it, and all the years, and all the CEUs, and all the maintaining, when I realized it was time to let it go and to free myself from all the constraints that that had to. I was talking to my, my partner, Aaron, because he's been with me this whole time. And I was going on and on as I do, processing, you know. And he, when I finished, he said, will it make any difference practically? I said, no. And then he said, you know, honey, it's been really good to you. Yeah, and that was the practice of deep appreciation that he gave me back simply and directly like he does very simply it's been really good to you and then you can start feeling the deep deep gratitude which is part of the grief but helps us keep our heart open and i'll be with you through it thank you i appreciate it. thank you thank you It's always nice to live with a great teacher, you know. Hi, Becky. Hi, Flan. Well, I, I think that all of it spoke a whole lot to my almost nine-year dance with cancer um, in a way that um, has really helped me see some of the progressions of the, well, the, the vastness of the robe of liberation um, through many different things since I've found my practice yes. with you all. Uh, because I, I had made the step in terms of appreciation for the cancer in terms of 
clarifying what it is that I have wanted all of my life and have worked toward and been with and that my my whole movement toward toward dying is I want it to be consistent with what that was but I couldn't just do it in my logical head right I right. tried really hard and it was insufficient to the things I was running into and so I'm so grateful that you came on Zoom. Um, and it has, has uh, the, the many stages that I've grown in about what that appreciation is, uh, both, both for what it is that I value in life anyway, as well as for the cancer as a kind of opportunity that I hadn't even realized I needed um, and, you know, I've, I've always had a little trouble with people who sort of go, oh, I'm so glad that I, you know, uh, have this opportunity past my great big heart attack or whatever it was that they have uh, to finally see what's important mm -hmm. to me in life. But I think I like for all I really felt, OK, that's silly. We should just be doing that all the time. Right. Um, That's what and, practice is for. But. but, but I hadn't realized how much I was already that I was missing. How much more there is beyond what what I'd already been living with the great joy for it. But there's mm -hmm. so much more, and yes. and the the whole experience of of working with pain is utterly riveting in terms of the amazement of the vastness of liberation. Yes. And, and, it, and all of the processes during that have really helped me in terms of dealing with what all has been going on in the world through these last couple of years, especially. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that I, I'd already sort of been saying, for instance, well, you know, like, there's no point in being mad at Trump, for instance, right? Because he's a wounded man, right? And, and so there's, there's no gain to us by feeling that kind of, oh, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and, but all the many ways then that, that, that the, the practice, the, the whole process of being able to say, inside of me, I know. Inside of me, I know, mm -hmm. right? And to just let myself be in that full place of the inside of me, uh, not just in my work with my body, which I had spent lots of time with. It's like mm -hmm. to try to really know my body from the inside out, to feel what's going on so I can make good choices, but to, but to be able to embrace it in its whole world way. And that's, that's, that's what the practice is for too. And the part about having your friends with you through this process, because the Sangha has been that for me before I even started my meditational practice, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so, 
yeah, it's it's it is amazing, Clint. And I and I've been enjoying that strawberry that I that I grasped at when I came over the cliff. <laughs> for I've been savoring that strawberry for these many years, and there's still more of it. <laughs> well, there's there's so much that you said because you've sort of given a, a beautiful Dharma talk on someone who's facing the great matter out of your heart, deep in your heart. And there's something you repeated. So I'm, I'm going to invite you to do something. It may sound silly, but I want you to say this one phrase that you said three times. You know how we ring the bell three times? We do things three times. I want you to do your little chant three times. And it's only these words. And you were using your hands. You said, there's so much more. Say that three times. There is so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. It's an important thing for you to offer everyone here because you kept doing this too. You kept, there's so much more. That's what the entire vow is about. Thank you. Hello, Margaret. Hi. Um, so it took the village to get me in here uh, in terms of raising my hand. I couldn't figure it out, but everybody oh, yeah. cooperated. Um, so we can't do it alone, even that. Well, if you show people the hand you have to raise, it's a little. Well, no, I did, but I, all oh, I got was. Oh, no, your literal hand. hand. What's the one with the cast on it? Oh. See, raise. <laughs> anyway. Broken hand, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm here, and what I want is that six-year-old version for my 79-year-old understanding. That was, in Margaret terms, the Dr. Seuss virgin, virgin, and um, it was so clear. And the part of the whole thing that is resonating with me right now is that, as you may know, I'm in the dying process with Yolanda's mother, like any minute. Um, and I, just as we were meditating, I, um, I just had this whole vision of uh, her just kind of ascending, I guess, out of her body. Mm -hmm. and it just came but I, that used to scare me and I know it's scaring Yolanda right now because she's 53 mm -hmm. and, and I'm witnessing this great matter from such a different place uh, I was with her mother Sunday when she came to a tiny bit but it was you know in that process of the last breath I mean the, the morphine all of that hospice at home. And I am so aware of the sacredness of the moment and the process and the time. And it is, it is this practice. It is, I just remember when my mother died and I was 50 and it was the first dead body I had touched and I was just shocked. I mean, I didn't know what to do. 
And I just remember the feeling of, I thought it was a tragedy. And now I don't feel that way about it. And so I really wanted to bring that because it was so clear in that, the way that you're able to do that and put that there for us. And for me, especially, it just meant a lot to have it be so simple today. Well, we'll, we'll attach it to the recording. Cassie can do that, I think, too, so everyone can have it. Yeah, it meant a lot, Flint. And um, the way that you lead us to that place and the way you break it down for us, um, it's just so critical in this community. And then it just played out. I mean, this thing that you keep teaching us and I keep discovering about, we can't do it alone. I mean, I wish you could see this chat. <laughs> it's uh, started with Cassie and then it kind of went on down. Very sweet. I'm, I know that I can feel the, the tenderness as you're watching Yolanda and also Yolanda's yeah. mother. And, and I was just noticing and, and saying to my sister, talking to her, mm -hmm. Um, and right now, if I look at the top of my computer screen, I say, oh, this is, let's see, April 27th, last April 27th of 2020, I, I didn't know my father had three more days. Right. You know, he's ill, things were not going well, but you don't ever know exactly. So now it's an interesting perspective. Oh, this day, last year, there were only three more. Well, and I had, I had to deal with some matters around my brother's death today. And, you know, that was one of those where I didn't know he had five more days. Yeah. And I really can join you there. But this, this is, anyway, you just brought it forward in such a beautiful way. Yeah, this is a shimmering moment right now. I appreciate it very much. And appreciate everybody that got me to you. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you. And I'm uh, very much appreciating everybody being so generous to raise their hand. Hey, Chris. Hi, Flint. Can you hear me? I can. All right. Um, I feel like everyone has spoken what I was going to speak. Um, my first thought when you said, um, sorry, there's my screen. Um, was how comforting this is. It's 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 like a um, <laughs> to do, you know, in order this, and it just encompasses it all. Yeah. But but since I raised my hand, um, mm. yeah, with the immediacy, what's here now? Well, <laughs> it was Rosemary talking about leaving her license. And you talking about leaving your license. I mean, you were such an example to me because um, I had held, after I had to stop practicing, I'd held on to my license for way longer than I needed to. Um, and so you were, it, I gave it up the same time you did. And um, so that, that just stirred me. Um, and I, and, and the cancer too. And I, I went through both of those things without the benefit of practice. Yeah. And yeah. And but, but what's the tenderness now, right this moment? 
as you reflect on it? Um, what a gift this is. Ah. And I'm sure there's some sadness mm -hmm. that it felt um, much more alone. To, do, to go through those two huge life events yeah without this and without community yeah you're appreciating that yeah yeah and that's part of why in that last one i wrote the thing about uh, this if you really really look deeply like we're talking about then it does bring you to your knees with great humility and lift mm -hmm. you lifts you, lift you up with immense gratitude yeah, and like Becky was saying, the, you're saying it again. There's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. Yeah. Together, together. Mm -hmm. If you're in this pool together. with friends yeah. like this, in yeah. the real version. Yes. Yeah, and that this is this is the um, the ground upon which we practice. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah. And I, I love your saying that as I look at the basically the feet of the Koine Yins behind you, the mm, ground on which yes. they're standing. <laughs> yes, the dragon upon which she's standing. That's right. She stands on yes. the dragon because yes. it's a fierce thing to really mm -hmm. have the Dharma gates are always open, but are you going to step through them? Yep. Yeah, the word fierce means something um, different to me in just the last few days. Kim told me last week we saw each other in person which was so wonderful and she told me that she thought i was very fierce and that was just a wonderful use of a word for me i really appreciated it and i appreciate it in you today thank you <laughs> thank you hi Smith. hello well i this vow is i agree very comforting with you and the Sangha around me and the idea of looking at everything as a gift, no matter <clears throat> how you feel about it. And the gift that I have some anxiety over is my <clears throat> trans granddaughters going to have an immense facial surgery. Oh. And this seems to be something that's very important to her. And, you know, she's talked with her parents and, and uh, looks like they're going to go, she's going to go ahead with it. And my daughter was just visiting last week, which was wonderful. But and when she told us about it, I just sort of, uh, you know, I mean, I just <laughs> was kind of like, ah. And then I just kept thinking about how her life is so different from my life. Not only <clears throat> because we're of this, of different generations, but this change for her because she was sort of born into the wrong body she feels um i have to work very hard to to 
to um, find the appreciation of these things. And what's I feel your, a lot of- deep, What's your deepest hope for her, Sue? I just want her to be safe. And so I think about her and I, I think this can help make her safe or safer. That's what she has in mind. And I think she has that in mind. And so the idea of just fully examining things, and this is kind of fresh and, and in this state now, rather than an examined state, but, you know, then you, this vow said, well, the Dharma gates are always open and you can choose to step through or not, but. What's your grandmother, you know, vow? What? What's the center of your vow as a grandmother? Well, the center of my vow is just a, a deep love. So to stay in that place of love and your deepest aspiration for her is to be safe. Mm -hmm. So just keep coming back to those two things. What, what helps me stay in love, what tosses me off, what brings me back, you know, and keep offering that love in support of her safety, even if it doesn't look like what you think it might mm -hmm. look like. Well, it doesn't make any difference what I think about all this. Except that the way you think about it could get in the way of your deepest aspiration for her or your vow. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And that's the part you can practice. Mm -hmm. No matter what she chooses. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm bringing you back to. And now you've said this in public. So there's a whole bunch of people all over the world who are going to be thinking wonderful thoughts about you and your granddaughter. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah that's screen, you'll see their faces. Part of. Now they know. Yeah. And I'm grateful that they do. Good. And I'm grateful that my daughter, my granddaughter has this opportunity if she chooses to yes yes and and may it go well and may it go well thank you although i did invite um uh catherine ellis to speak um i think last time uh, i wonder if catherine is here and might raise her hand just for a second there, thank you, Catherine, for your willingness. <laughs> this is, um, you're getting ready for your ceremony too. But So you're the person who asked me to read the Bodhisattva vow that way many years ago in Switzerland. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. I hadn't remembered. You, you were I the problem. Was, I thought it was a lovely a lovely idea because simplicity of expression is always very touching. Yes, I just wanted to acknowledge that because I remember sitting in the, that circle 
And at that point, it was a long time ago and you had a reaction to it like you would uh, scripture. Um, but then it opened and you taught me something in doing it that way that's now carried forward. And I wanted to thank you for that. And, and look where you've ended up too. <laughs> I also want to say I was just hugely touched by Sue. Thank you, Sue. Mm -hmm. That sim simple generosity towards a member of the family just <laughs> she, she's your so deepest lucky. inspiration. She's so lucky to have you as a grandmother, Sue. Mm -hmm. That is such a gift to her. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> and we have a few more moments if someone else uh, would like to raise their hand and come forward. There you are. So warm and golden. <laughs> uh, during, during lockdown, um, the supermarket has been a kind of um, a zendo for me because it has its uh, particular form you know, during this time. Mm -hmm. A lot of waiting, there's a lot of walking, a lot of pausing and... Um, how to enter. <laughs> and I, I, I've been aware when I, when I go up to the, the cashier, how sometimes I kind of relegate moments as less important than others mm -hmm. and um, realizing that each each moment that I'm standing there is is you know part of my life and uh, that it's all of time you know the vegetables are going along the, the belt and the cashier is there and there's something um, about what you were sharing today which Kind of underline that 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 the um, an awakened moment is is anywhere it can be mm -hmm. it can be just in meeting the eyes of a cashier and kind of appreciating filling up your bag um, and and uh, it, it, I found the supermarket practice really grounding and helpful the full shelves and the fact that people they're just doing their best to keep it going mm -hmm. yeah, appreciating the <clears throat> often uh, a young woman who stands in front uh, in our little town with the spray bottle and and you have mm -hmm. to um, put your hands out so they can be sprayed with the disinfectant before you go in. And it's as if we're, uh, it's a bow and it's an offering and it's a receiving of something that saves our life. But that's practice as we meet and we bow and we receive because this was what saves our life. And it may be the most ordinary thing. Yeah. yeah. And it opens up into something very spacious and, and, and beautiful. If, if we wake up and look that way, 
which is the beginning of the vow. When I, student of the way, look at the real form of the universe, all can be never, you know, it's the marvelous revelation of moving vegetables. <laughs> I'm a cashier's eye, but it sounds funny, but it's, you're saying it because it's really true. Mm. Yeah. I'm so grateful for, for today and also for the opportunity to value each moment or to at least turn towards each moment with the possibility of valuing it equally with everything else. With everything else. Continue to choose it. There's so much more. There's so much more. And not as in a lot, it's the deeper, more. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's lovely to see both of you as always. So um, I think we have just a moment or two. So let's um, move toward our four practice principles and into that uh, chant together as we remember that when we are caught up in our habit patterns, we tend to create the re repetition of the everyday suffering. But when we can see what's ordinary and see the extraordinary in it, as Josh was just talking about it, we break our grasp of the self-centered dream so that it stops the cycle. So each moment, just as life is presented, becomes the, the, the teacher. So we can rest in the compassion that's available to us and waiting for us right here. So. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Thank you for coming. Thank you for those who raised their hands. Thank you for all of your practices and for, for your support. Take good care. Thank you so much, Flint. Apamada's programs and facilities are supported through your generosity. Your support makes a huge difference. There is a link for contributions on the website at apamada.org forward slash contribute. And I'll put that in the chat for you as well, that address. <clears throat> Thank you so much, everybody. We now move on to the next part of our evening, which is where we meet on the virtual porch for a further 30 minutes um, with myself and, and others. Um, I hope you can join us there. You're all invited. You're all very welcome. Thank you again, everybody, for, for joining us and creating this wonderful space. Thank you so much. <laughs>